Hey, South Shore family, do you have your Bible with you? I hope you do. Uh, would you go ahead and open up to Daniel chapter 12? Uh, you know, in times like these, it's good to have the book of Daniel. Uh, when the world feels like it's spinning out of control, when it feels like tons of things are in chaos, the book of Daniel speaks immediately into all of that. Here's why it's so good. This, the single major unifying theme of the book of Daniel is this. It's that in spite of our circumstances, God is in control and he will win the day. Over and over throughout this book, that's the theme that's been put in front of us. We saw it in front of the fiery furnace. We saw it at the lion's den. We saw it in each of Daniel's visions. And that's what we've been getting in every chapter, that in spite of our present circumstances, God is in control and he will win the day. Now here at the end of the book of Daniel, this truth is drilled down into our souls. Uh, and Daniel's final vision fills us with hope and strength in the midst of a world gone mad, so to speak. Uh, I'm glad that we're in this passage at such a time as this because God wants to give us strength and encouragement in these days. If you've been with us any of these past few weeks, you know that Daniel's final vision is this big passage. It's chapters 10, 11, and 12. And last time we worshiped together, uh, we were in chapter 11 where the angel gives Daniel the vision proper. And now here at the end of chapter 12, we have two questions asked. And those two questions give us these powerful truths that help us all the way through our lives to the very end of our days. And these are truths that we need to carry with us right here and right now. So I want you to follow along with me as I read Daniel chapter 12. I'm going to start in verse 5 and read to the end of the book. And here's what Daniel says. Then I, Daniel, looked, and two others were standing there, one on this bank of the river and one on the other. One of them said to the man dressed in linen, who was above the water of the river, How long until the end of these wondrous things? Then I heard the man dressed in linen, who was above the water of the river. Uh, he raised both his hands toward heaven and swore by him who lives eternally that it would be for a time, times, and half a time. When the power of the holy people is shattered, all these things will be completed. I heard, but did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? He said, go on your way, Daniel, for, uh, for the words are secret and sealed until the end of the, uh, excuse me, until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight will understand. From the time of the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Happy is the one who waits for and reaches 1,335 days. But as for you, go on your way to the end. You will rest and then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the days. So here we are at the end of Daniel. Two questions that produce two rock-solid truths for God's people. So here's what we need to know from this passage. The first truth it gives to us is this, that God delivers his people at the perfect time. Verses five through seven, God delivers his people at the perfect time. 
So verse 5 opens with this major scene shift. Before we've been uh, reading about Daniel as he interacts with this angel of the Lord. But now Daniel sees something different. He sees two heavenly messengers, one on either side of this river. And the angel that's been talking to Daniel is above the river, just as described earlier uh, in chapter 10. And so here in this scene, one of the heavenly beings asks a question of the angel of the Lord above the river. Uh, and this is uh, similar to a scene we saw earlier in Daniel. In chapter 8, there a heavenly messenger asked the very same question. That question is, how long? How long will these things last? Uh, and it just amazes me that here we have angels from heaven who are concerned about the plight of God's people. They see all the suffering, all that's going on, and they, like us, want to know how long is this going to last? So the heavenly messenger asks the question, how long will these events be? And the angel of the Lord answers with his body and with his words. So before he speaks, he makes a motion with his hands. We're told he raises both of his hands toward heaven. Uh, now, just a few weeks ago, I got called in for jury duty. And as we stood before the judge as potential jurors, we had to raise our right hand when we swore this oath to the court. Uh, and we raise our right hand to signify how serious and important our words are. Well, in this scene, the angel of the Lord doesn't raise one hand. He raises both hands and he swears to him who lives eternally. And he gives his answer. Here's the angel's answer. He says it will last for time, times, and half a time. How long is that? We don't know. The angel has used this language before. Daniel, at least, has heard this language before. But we don't have any clarity as to exactly what it means. The answer, I think, is intentionally vague. And then the angel goes on to say this. He says, when the power of the holy people is shattered, all these things will be completed. Now, that is a really dark and a really heavy point in time, when the power of the holy people is shattered. So the angel of the Lord seems to be implying that uh, there's going to be this restricted and really intense time during which God's people stand under the ravages of their final oppressor. And here's where you got to pay close attention to the passage. Uh, when Daniel sees and hears what the end of all things are going to be like, there's no expectation of this gradual Christianization of the world before Christ returns. Quite the opposite, in fact. The prerequisite for the end is not the fixing of the world's brokenness, but it's the final breaking of the holy people's strength. And it's at that moment when things seem to be at their worst, when God breaks in and puts an end to the suffering and establishes himself as the victor once and for all. And isn't it just like God to do that? Uh, when you look at his track record with his people over and over again, God delivers at the perfect time in such a way that it's clear that only he has done this thing. So when God's people were at the end of themselves between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea, God parts the waters. And when they're uh, marching around the city of Jericho, God crumbles the walls. And when Esther's kingdom is in chaos, God steps in. And when the boys are in front of the fiery furnace or Daniel's in front of the lion's den, here's where God steps in and delivers in perfect time uh, in a perfect way. God acts 
in the greatness of his strength at the end of our strength. And God's track record shows us that he's always on time. His timing is always perfect. And I don't know if you've noticed in our study of Daniel, in every one of his visions, there's some sort of time stamp. So back in chapter 7, we're told that God's people are going to be oppressed for time, times, and half a time, familiar language. In chapter 8, we're told that our sufferings are going to last 2,300 mornings and evenings. And then in chapter 9, there's this poetic language that tells us that uh, the time from Daniel to the end of time is going to be 70 weeks. So uh, over and over we have these timestamps, and I think it's God's way of telling his people evil is finite, suffering is finite, monsters are finite, and their end will come at my appointed time. So I wonder, when have you asked God, how long is this going to last? How long am I going to have to go through this? When will this burden be lifted from me? I, I know I've asked that question of God in my own life. And the answer I want from God is I want day and time. And I want it to be really soon, in fact. But I have to believe that God's not going to answer according to my wisdom. He's going to answer according to his wisdom. And that's going to be the best thing for me and the best thing for all of us. God's answer doesn't give us day and time, but it reassures us. It's as if God tells us over and over again, I'm with you and you're not alone. And evil doesn't win. And I'm going to deliver you at exactly the right time. When God, or when we ask God, how long is this going to be? I think he answers, I've numbered it, and I'm going to deliver you at the appointed time. So what we take away so far from this vision, we know that the darkest days for God's people are still ahead, but those days are numbered. Also, the days of our greatest glory are ahead. Those days are infinite. God delivers his people at his perfect time. There's a second truth that we can carry away from this passage with us, and it's this. God gives his people perfect endurance. Uh, not only does God deliver us in the end, but he helps us get to the end. He gives us perfect endurance in verses 8 through 13. Uh, verse 8 opens with what I think is the best option for a life verse in the whole book of Daniel. But look at what Daniel says, that first line. He says, I heard but did not understand. So feel free to hit pause and run a victory lap around your kitchen table right now because that's so many of us when we study the book of Daniel. I heard, but I didn't understand. And so Daniel asks a follow-up question of the angel of the Lord. He asks this, my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? He wants further clarification. I mean, he's essentially asking who's going to win at the end of all of this. What's going to happen to God's people in light of this scary vision of the future found in verse 7? And what does the messenger of the Lord say to Daniel? He says in verse 10, there's going to be ongoing division between those who are God's faithful ones and the wicked. He says that God's people are going to be a suffering people. And that's probably to the point of martyrdom for some. Now, that's a heavy message. But woven into that truthful, heavy message are, are these iron bars of hope. I mean, just look at the way the angel describes God's people. In verse 10a, the very beginning of that verse, God's people are many. And then in verse 10b, the second part of that verse, God's people are the wise. And then in verses 11 and 12, God's people are 
stubborn endurers of the worst the enemy can throw at them. God's people are not floundering in failure. He is holding them up all the way through. And this is where the angel gives another timestamp. He says that the grand enemy of God is going to have his way for 1,250 days. And after that, there's a beatitude. Did you see that whenever we read earlier? Look at verse 12. Happy is the one, or your Bible might say, blessed is the one who waits for and reaches 1,335 days. What does that mean? Nobody knows. Seriously, I looked at all this information, all these brilliant scholars, and when they get to this part with these numbers, they say, we don't know. We're not sure what it means. Uh, but we can still take some strength away from it. The important part is not trying to identify a date and a time, but it's recognizing that God has a people who are going to endure no matter what is thrown at them. So look, if, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you're called to keep going no matter what. And he gives you strength to do that. Stay faithful in your worship of Christ and, and keep on refusing to bow to the latest idol. And who knows what kind of hatred is going to fall on you as a result? Who knows what kind of hardship you're going to have to go through in your faithfulness to Christ? But God will have a 1335 people. After evil does its worst, the church of Jesus Christ is still standing on its feet. At this point, the angel of the Lord turns his attention to Daniel directly in verse 13. And he says, as for you, Daniel, go on your way to the end. You will rest and you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the days. Daniel's to go on his way. The angel says, look, uh, you live your life. You have this information, now go serve the king and eat dinner and bathe yourself and interact with people and care for others. You've got an allotted place at the end for you. Daniel's not going to be one of those ones that sees 1335 days. He's going to die long before that, but God has him. And what if you, like Daniel, are not one of the heroic faithful that see those final days? Well, your duty is clear and your future is settled. What's your duty? What is our duty as disciples of Christ? Our duty is clear. Worship and trust God and care for those around us. Work hard at whatever God has given us to do. Love our families. Eat with friends. Speak the gospel. In this very moment where the world is in chaos, Christians know their duty. Go on your way. Do not hunker down. Do not retreat. Advance in the work that God has given you to do and the life he's given you to live. We know our duty and we know our future, just like Daniel. And what's our future? Well, I want you to listen as I read what the future of God's people is from the book of Revelation, chapter 21. It's a bit of a long passage. So as I read, this may be a little weird, but maybe you close your eyes and you just listen and let the word of God fill your mind with pictures of what our future is going to be like. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne, 
Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. And then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. Then one of the seven angels who had held the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came and spoke with me. Come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. Then he carried me away in the spirit to a great white mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, arrayed with God's glory. Her radiance was like a precious jewel, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The city had a massive high wall with 12 gates. 12 angels were at the gates. The names of the 12 tribes of Israel's sons were inscribed on the gates. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. The city wall had 12 foundations, and the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb were on the foundations. I did not see a temple in it, because the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple." The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it because the glory of God illuminates it and its lamp is the lamb. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never close by day because it will never be night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. Nothing unclean will ever enter it nor anyone who does what is detestable or false but only those written in the lamb's book of life. So is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? The book of Daniel is an invitation to turn to the Son of Man, Jesus, the Lamb who laid down his life for us, our gracious, loving Savior, died in our place for our sin. And he promises that if we turn to him in faith, he'll forgive, he'll remove all of our guilt and shame, he'll grant us new life today, in eternal life in his kingdom. It's life in his kingdom that's prepared for people of every nation and language, and it's a kingdom that goes on forever and ever. With assurance like that, you, like Daniel, can go on your way to the end, and you can rest, and you can stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the days. Brothers and sisters, that's the end of the book of Daniel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. So Lord, I thank you for these, my brothers and sisters, and for the word that you've given us that steals us for the days ahead. Lord God, help us to believe this word and to hold tight to the one who has written our name in the book of life, the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, our Messiah. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.